Buck Thunderpunch, Inferno of Justice, written by T. Marcos. The ship fell out of hyperspace with a shuddering crash. The roar of the engines replaced by strident tones from a dozen system alarms. Lelp began racing between consoles, shutting down non-essential systems and diverting their power to life support. His two crewmates on the bridge were focused on their stations. Reb was trying desperately to keep the reactor stable, while Set attempted the same with the misbehaving hyperspace window generator. Either could rip the ship apart upon failure, so Lep did his best not to distract them as they worked. Finally, after minutes they felt like hours, the ship was safely under control, and dead in the water. Their reactor stack was dark and would remain so until they cooled enough to effect repairs. We'll be here a while, Reb, sighed. The exit tore off half of our radiators. If the reactor was up, we'd be torn off regardless. We will have to go to the nearest spaceport and hope that it's a short enough hop that we don't overheat. Where is the nearest port anyway? Set asked. Lep swung around and flickering navigation console, punching in a request. It's getting a fix, sir. Hold on, he muttered. There, it looks like we're... He broke off and stared numbly at the readout, his skin flashing pale blue with fear. Captain, what? Set asked with concern in his voice. Where are we? Human space. Lep croaked. We're several light years within their borders. The other two looked at him with puzzled expressions. The humans are our allies, Reb objected. Isn't that a good thing? Just because they'll help us doesn't mean that we want their help, Lelep retorted. Have either of you ever met a human? Well, both shook their heads. I don't understand why you're so concerned, Rareb said. I've only ever heard good things about humans. They protect planets from invaders, help the sick and injured, fix social problems. From everything I've read, they're a race of heroes. That's precisely the issue, Lelep moaned. They are, every damn one of them ever since the Larathi idiots that they are, decided to give them their prototyping technology. We use Larathi prototyping, Sasset pointed out. Everyone does. It's convenient. What does that have to do with anything? It's mentally controlled construction, Lelep hissed, and they handed it to a race of perpetually hallucinating fantasy-prone egoists, undisciplined apes that see swell-focused patterns in every meaningless bit of data. They didn't have the control to handle that kind of power safely. It took a very little time before one of them managed to convince the prototyping device to modify itself. And then from there, he shuddered, we have to leave as soon as we can. But Captain, we can't go anywhere until the reactor cools, Rareb pointed out. We literally have no choice The He stopped talking as a horrid screech ran through the ship. The crew exchanged a look and immediately turned back to the status display. Flashing alarm lights appeared on the console monitor cargo bay containment, and in moments they were staring at a video feed of F-Bay 4. The cargo in the bay had disappeared, replaced by a swarm of brutish creatures that were pounding at the hold's door with a worrying strength. Foam dripped from their frangs' mouths as they battered the hatch, denting the metal. What in the Primarch's lights are those? Reb asked in horror. How did they get on the ship? It doesn't matter, Lelep said quietly. It's already started. We're going to be fine, just uh, try not to engage the narrative any more than you have to. What? Sasset asked. Captain, I don't. 
He was interrupted by a deafening crackle of static from overhead that resolved into a deep, gravelly voice loud enough to shake the dust from the structural beams of the bridge. "'Come in, alien vessel,' the voice boomed. "'This is Captain Buck Thunderpunch of the Steel Raptors. "'Looks like you've got yourself a little rabbit space gorilla problem.' As the crew was still bemused contemplation at the assaulted loud crash of echoes from aft, the video feed showed dozens of apparently rabid creatures pouring through the hatch and into the cargo bay, into the ship itself. Don't answer, Lelep hissed. Don't engage with him at all. Those things are here for him, not us. The other two looked at him incredulously. Respectfully, Captain, they're not running towards him, Rareb said. It's accept his help or die. Lelep shrugged and shook his head. Don't say I didn't warn you, he sighed. Captain Thunderpunch, Rareb responded King in the communicator. We're dead in space and have some sort of large aggressive life form on our ship. Any assistance you can render would be appreciated. Ten four, compadre, came the deafening response. Hang tight. Old Buck Thunderpunch will handle this. Old Buck Thunderpunch's name ain't. There was a crash from the bridge door as it was battered aside in a terrifying strength. One of the creatures from the cargo bay stood there, slavering jaws wide as it screaming furiously at the three petrified crewmen. It charged across the deck and was upon them in an instant, its mammoth arms reaching for a reb, and then it was hurled across the bridge as an equally gigantic figure kicked through the front viewscreen in a shower of crystal fragments, one with the combat boot connecting firmly with the creature's chest. Buck Thunderpunch! Buck Thunderpunch finished. Lips quirked in a rackish grin around a smoldering stub of a cigar. The sound of an electric guitar inexplicably filled the bridge with an energetic power chords. The lep averted his eyes, but Saset and Rareb were dumbstruck as they looked at the savior. He was huge, layered with slabs of muscle that flexed hypnotically under his tanned, dirt-smeared skin. His dirty upper garment left his arms and shoulders exposed, and sweat glistened from his biceps as he picked up a bit twisted metal and piping from the deck. Two lenses of darkened glass obscured his eyes as he turned towards the downed invader. The creature looked up at him and let loose a rage-filled scream that was cut harshly short when Buck Thunderpunch hurled the pipe-like javelin into its open mouth, impaling it and pinning the creature's corpse to the wall. Pipe down! Buck Thunderpunch said, deadpan. Sasset's eyes darted between the dead creature and the shattered viewscreen, its jagged edges opening into the vacuum of space. How is that? How are we not dead? He rasped. The air doesn't matter, the lap said morosely from his seat on the floor. Just let it happen. More screams came from the back of the bridge as creatures hurled themselves through the door at Buck Thunderpunch, who had produced a massive combat knife seemingly out of nowhere. He brandished the knife in one meaty hand as the other curled around a fist and slammed into the attacker's face. Sasset and Rareb stared and transfixed as the combat unfolded with enthusiastic accompaniment by its disembodied guitar. It was a dizzying to look directly at Buck Thunderpunch while he fought. His position and pose seemingly to change abruptly between attacks with little regard for the continuity of motion. I don't understand... Sasset croaked, his eyes wide at Buck Thunderpunch through the gorilla out of the hole in the viewscreen. Its screams carried clearly through the bridge as its head swelled up and burst like a shower of gore. None of this makes sense. We're being saved. 
the left said, pronouncing the word like it felt a foul taste in his mouth. Isn't it wonderful? It's alarming, Rareb said, watching Buck Thunderpunch pull out a gigantic revolver and punch another gorilla in the face. It flew backwards as if it was hit by a meteor, slamming into another behind it. I'm beginning to question what I thought I knew about physics. Don't think about it too much, Lelap advised. Physics is working normally, it's just not the most important set of rules right now. Sasset stared at him. But that's not how the universe works, he objected. That's your opinion, not his, Lelap said, as a metal bar flew across the bridge and embedded itself into the wall directly beside Lelap's head. The other two flinched and cried out, but Lelap merely glanced at it and rolled his eyes. Dramatic, he grumbled. Just sit down and wait. It'll be over soon. They watched as the gorillas continued to pour into the bridge compartment one by one, each receiving a punch that left them sprawled across the deck. The bodies of the fallen seemed to vanish whenever the crew's attention was elsewhere, save for the corpse still hanging pinned from a pipe. Finally, the stream of attacking gorillas tapered off, and one particularly large specimen was the only one left. Unlike the others, it was dressed in a black martial arts uniform and brandished a slightly curved sword. It threw a small spiked disc at the metal at Buck Thunderpunch, who picked it out of the air effortlessly, before countering with a punch to the gorilla's face. The massive animal didn't drop after one blow, but Buck Thunderpunch kept hitting until he had dropped his sword and was staggering unsteadily. Hey, fellas, Buck Thunderpunch drawled at some point. He had lost his shirt and was wearing... Did you say your ship was broke? Lelap shook his head urgently, but Rareb cleared his throat. Um, yes, Captain Thunderpunch, he said hesitantly, his eyes still on the tottering gorilla. The reactor stack needs to cool before we can. Buck Thunderpunch don't know much about reactor stacks, Buck Thunderpunch replied, readying a boxing machine pistol and turning to punch the gorilla in the stomach. It let out its breath with a gasp and hunched over. Buck Thunderpunch grabbed the entire head in one hand and dragged it towards the navigation console. Oh, here we go, Lelap muttered, staring dully forward. Buck Thunderpunch slammed the gorilla's skull into the console. It exploded in a shower of sparks, causing the gorilla's limbs to frail and jerk spasmatically for a few seconds before it slumped and fell to the floor. The console, nevertheless, appeared undamaged, and all across the bridge the power readouts were returning back to normal. Buck Thunderpunch shifted his cigar end to the other side of his mouth and grinned, displaying impossibly white teeth. Sometimes you just need to use your head, he quipped. Please kill me, Lelap whispered. All right, my blue amigos, Buck Thunderpunch said, with the guitar played a triumphant rift. Looks like you're all fixed up. Thank you, said, said dazedly. No problem, Mamacita. Buck Thunderpunch replied, ambling back over and pulling Sasset into a passionate kiss. After some time, he released the stunned crewman and adjusted his nether jacket and walked over to climb out of the hole in the viewscreen. You folks ever need help again? Just holler for all Buck Thunderpunch, Buck Thunderpunch said, flipping them a lazy salute and climbing onto an impressively large two-wheeled motor vehicle. The engine roared loud enough to vibrate the decking, and an anomalous cloud of smoke issued out from the rear wheel as he sped off into the vacuous space. When it cleared, he was gone and the view screen was intact. What? Rareb said flatly. How did the... how? This is all on the Lothari, Lelap muttered. Bunch of irresponsible reprobates, the lot of them. 
He signed my memories, Sasset said, poking her suddenly generous chest where 1-800-THUNDERPUNCH was scrawled in thick, blacky handwriting. Captain, I don't have memories. I told you not to engage the narrative, the lap said, standing up to look around the pristine bridge. The only indication that something had happened on the ship was the Gorilla Corpse pinned to the bulkhead and a surprisingly buxom navigator. He could hear the faint roar of the steel raptor's engine echoing through the void. We should be able to make it out of here, he said at last. Set the course straight for a dock, though. We need to reach a port before the reactor realizes that he didn't know how to fix it. Rareb nodded and began to prepare the ship to depart. He seemed relieved to have an order to follow, even if it was somewhat nonsensical one. Our species doesn't even have memories, Sissette grumbled prodding the anomalous revision to his torso. Yes, well, the lap said warily, that's your opinion, not his. End of story number one.